0: Welcome to another episode of Mr. Benfica. I am your host tonight, as always, the Mr. Mike Agostinho. And what you hear in the background, as you know, is the sweet sound of the UEFA Champions League anthem. That's right, the UEFA Champions League. Ladies and gentlemen, Benfica have returned to Europe. We finally, after so much time, had one of those glorious European nights in the UEFA Champions League, just about 24 hours ago. That's right, Benfica, beating the famed, the prestigious, the currently in crisis, Football Club Barcelona yesterday at the Stadio De Luz. What a performance, though, from our boys. They really put it out there yesterday, and they really came through every single player in that side did their job yesterday and that's why Benfica came out on top 3 to nothing. This is episode 126 of Mr. Benfica and we got two matches to talk about tonight here. We are in the final hours of the month of September 2021 and match day 2 of the UEFA Champions League is up first tonight and in the second half of the episode we will 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 backtrack a little bit. We'll rewind to last, uh, last Saturday when it was Befica traveling up north to Guimarães, up north to the birthplace of Portugal to take on the Conquistadores, to take on vitoria Guimarães. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but we are going to start, of course, in the Champions League tonight. That is the big story. And, um, of course, we're going to talk about Darwin Nunes. We've got it, but he wasn't the only one. Oh, we're going to talk about Dromari. We're going to talk about William Vigel. Lucas Verissimo was a monster. Odi Vlacodimos, he he did everything he was asked to do yesterday. Not to mention um, Gilberto had to come in, you know, in relief of an injured Valentino Lazaro. And um, he, he was more than serviceable. Every single player, Grimaldo, every single player on the pitch yesterday did their job. And that's why we came away with this victory. Uh-huh. How are y'all doing? I know it's been a little while. Again, it's been about a week or so since I have been on these airwaves, if you will. Uh, since I've been in your earbuds telling you about sport Lisboa Benfica, Well, that's because, you know, life is what it is. And sometimes it's just hard to, to carve out the time. But here I am. Two matches to talk about tonight. Again, I apologize for the delay. But just before recording this Thursday night... Good news came out earlier today. The DGS, the Departamento Geral de Saúde, the National Health Organization, if you will, of Portugal announced today that beginning October 1st, which is in just a few hours, actually in Portugal, it's already October 1st, stadiums can return to full capacity. Stadiums and indoor arenas as well. So, for the football team, for the women's football team, for the modalidade. It's time to pack the stadiums except in the section of the Carton do de Depth, Of course, except in the section that requires a fan ID, keep those sections empty until they are no more. That's right. So it's a we are we are starting out a new month here and it's a great time to be a Benfica. Everything is looking so positive right now. We are we are 13 matches into this 2021-2022 20, season. Benfica, eleven victories and two draws in all competitions. This is the best start that uh no, this is the best start in club history, if I'm not mistaken. Especially when you incorporate the degree of difficulty in these Champions League uh matches. Uh we've included a very good PSV team. We've included a trip to the Ukraine against Dynamo Kiev. We've included a now a a visit from Football Club Barcelona and we also have included a trip to Guimarães, which is always difficult for us going to the Don Alphonse, especially with a very partisan uh pro Vitoria uh crowd in that stadium. Uh this is this is a fantastic start to the season, but we cannot take our foot off the gas. All right, a little bit of news before we we move on. You know, it's been a it has been a midweek just absolutely packed with football for me um i've been i've had football on all day while i work um i've had it on in my years while i'm working my other job i mean i've been listening to football i've been watching football i've been reading about football it has just been i've just been football crazy the last uh i'd say the last 72 hours or so and uh you know, it starts Tuesday with with that big PSG Manchester City match. You know, it got me a little bit fired up. You, Messi scores his first goal for PSG, and PSG playing in what looked like basketball shorts. I really hate the. De- I know those are Air Jordan kits, but I hate that design. Uh, and then yesterday, as soon as Benfica ended. Uh, I had I had uh, Canal One's on. I had TVE on another screen. I had BTV on another screen, and then on my tiny little phone, I had uh, I caught the final seconds of Man United Vija Real, and the goat made uh, made his his presence known. Of course, getting you fired up. Of course, he says anything Messi can do, I can also do. As CR7 leads United to victory, and then last night it was a lot of fun as well. I stayed up later than I should. Watching more football. (laughs) Um, Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana. Um, You know, both Palmeiras, Flamengo going to the final. Excited for that. I can't wait for that final. Uh, Abel Ferreira still killing it in Brazil right now. When it comes to these do or die situations, the man just wills his team through. And how about Red Bull Bragantino? uh getting to their first ever Copa of, kind of final. You want to hear about any of the these uh matches? Want to hear about all the football going on? Then uh tune in this weekend on the PTV Media Network, okay? On the YouTube page on the website com. as it will be the return of the Park in the Bus podcast Sunday night. I'll be live on Twitter on um on Facebook and on YouTube as well as in the podcast feed, okay. the The parking the bus podcast returns this Sunday night, eight o'clock Eastern time here in the United here in the East Coast of the United States, one a.m. Portuguese time Monday morning. Tune in or catch the podcast the next day. I'll talk. I'll recap all of the Champions League action. I'll recap. Um, recap. Or I'll, I'll at least talk about it. I'm probably going to have separate episodes recapping Champions League, Europa League, uh, Conference League, Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana. We're going to cover it all and we're going to get ready for an upcoming international break as well. So this Sunday, don't miss parking the bus. All right. Some news here on the Befica front. And we have to start with uh, some shout outs. And, and the first shoutout out actually goes to Portugal's futsal team, the national team. Winners today in the World Cup semi-final over Kazakhstan 4 to 3 on penalties. Shout out to former Benfica player Bruno Coelho. Bruno Coelho with the game tying goal to send it to penalties with a minute 38 seconds left in the second period of extra time, Bruno Coelho levels it 2-2. Our former goalkeeper Bebe stood on his head in this match. He there was One of the best goalkeeping performances I have ever seen in a futsal match. Portugal win 4-3 in penalties. They beat Kazakhstan. They're going to play Sunday in the World Cup final. And they're going to kick off right after Benfica take on Portimonense on Sunday. It's going to be a huge, packed uh, Sunday full of football. Especially if you're a Benficaista, if you're a Portugal fan. Um... You can't ask for a better, a doubleheader than that. So shout out to all of those players there representing Ashkenish at the World Cup in Lithuania. More shout outs to start out. Befica Basketball, uh, victorious yesterday, um, as was, uh, the handball team the day before. So basketball wins 83-77 over Romania's CSO Vol- Volunteeri, uh, in Round 2 of the FIBA Europe Cup Qualifying Tournament. By the time you hear this episode, you probably um, they will probably have already played their last qualifying game. They're playing in the final qualifier tomorrow. Um, that's October the 1st. It's today if you're in Portugal. <laughs> they will tip off uh, later today on October the 1st against the Dutch uh, side. Donar Groningen and the winner of that game it's a one-off playoff the winner of that game will advance to the FIBA Europe Cup pool play group stage whatever you want to call it they call it the regular season in FIBA. Um, Benfica's basketball team so close to playing European basketball again this season if we qualify. Uh, we'll have we'll have us uh, we will have Sporting and Porto, I believe, both already in that competition. Will all three teams will be in the same FIBA competition, and that goes in handball as well, men's handball. That is uh, Tuesday at the Pavillon de Luge, Befica. thirty-three to twenty-eight winners over Germany's Rhein Lauvin to win this qualifying round, sixty-four to fifty-nine on aggregate, and that result qualifies. Befica's handball team, men's handball team, for the group phase of the EHF, the European Handball Federation, European League. And Befica already know they will compete in Group B with French club HBC Nantes. Russia's uh, Tchaikovsky Medvi, Finland's Cox. Yes, that is their name. They are the Cox. I'm not making that up. They're... Logo is a rooster, so that is that is another team that will be in the group, and Germany's TBB uh, Lengo Lipe, as well as the Danish side Gog. First up for Befica will be TV TBB Lengo Lipe in Germany on October the nineteenth. As we said, Sporting also will be competing in this uh European handball league as uh as a representative of Portuguese handball while defending champion Porto will play in the EHF Champions League more news earlier on Wednesday before Uh, before the Champions League match. It was the U19's turn. It was the Battle of the Academies. It was Seychelles versus La Masia at the Seychelles. And it was Seychelles. It was Benfica. The Benfica campus throttling La Masia, throttling Barcelona's U19's 4-0 in match day two of the UEFA Youth League. There may or may not be an episode uh, recapping this match. If I get the time and I get the chance... Um, before it becomes old news, I will uh, I will put out an episode covering this match. Um, look for that in your in your podcast feed in the next week or so. Uh, it was a 4-0 win for Befica, like we said. João Rezende led the way with two goals, while Martin Neto and Cher Nador added one goal each. Befica now have three points in the group after having lost the first match of the group uh, to Dinamo Kiev in the Ukraine. Last bit of news now. Before we take a short break, it's Tasat Portugal news this week. The draw was yesterday. I watched it live on on the FPF's uh, Facebook, no, on the FPF's YouTube channel. Excuse me. Um, watching anxiously, hoping for Mefica to draw to draw my local club. Draw Caldas. I wanted so bad to see Benfica go to Ucamp da Mata in the city in Caldas, da Rainha, and take on the local side and basically fill the coffers of, uh, of the little club. But uh, the ping pong balls it did not go that way. Benfica drew, uh, they drew Liga two side Trofense. So Benfica will travel to Trofense for round three of the Portuguese Cup. And uh, that is the news this week, at least uh, on the men's side of the news. I will have more news in the next episode, which should drop tomorrow. I plan on recording it tomorrow. Uh, it will be a recap of the women's football team's uh, season so far, essentially. Um, recapping the first four competitive matches or I shouldn't say the first four. The most recent four competitive matches, um, including that uh, disastrous five-one defeat last weekend in Alkuchet against Sporting. I'll break that down for you. It's not as bad as it sounds. A lot of people have strong opinions, but are not looking with their eyes. They're looking with their emotions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it apart piece by piece. That'll be in episode one twenty-seven, which should drop uh, this weekend. And um, we will talk about that, and I will have news also regarding the women's basketball team, women's hockey, um, all of the women's sports will drop in the next episode. Okay, this is Mr. Benfica. Like I said, follow the show on Twitter, at Benfica Mister. I'm looking to get this up to 1,000 followers. We're at about 876 last I checked. Do go over to Twitter. If you're not already following the show, follow it, at Benfica Mister and follow me, on Twitter at Mike Agustinu, that's at M I K E A G O S T I N H O. Okay, and um, also follow the show on Instagram at, Benfica, at Mr. Benfica, and um, follow me on Twitter if you want at, at M Agustinu 20, M A G O S T I N H O two zero. 0. All right, and as always, check out the homepage www.mrbenfica.com. Here is Reconquista and on the other side we'll get in to Benfica versus Barcelona here on Mr. Benfica. Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica, a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não se explica, carrega benfica, carrega benfica, ouva a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não se explica, carrega bem fica, carrega benfica, ouve a nossa voz, de querer Quer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega Benfica Carrega Benfica Ouva nossa voz A querer de todos nós A fé que não explica And welcome back to Mr Benfica here on the PTB Media Network Wait for Champions League time. That's right. We're talking Benfica versus Barcelona. And you know, when this match ended, I was excited. I said, you know, this is the type of win that is going to give Benfica the kind of recognition we deserve. This is the type of win that puts us on the map, so to speak. This is the type of win that's going to make Europe and the world, the media, the neutral fans notice us. I, uh... You know, I downloaded all of the different podcasts uh, overnight last night uh, to listen to this morning at work and you know, whether it was ESPN FC, BBC Five Live, um, you know, the Football Writers podcast, the Guardian podcast, The Athletic, um, you name it, okay? You name it. All of the English language media. I couldn't wait to hear about this. And let me tell you, I'm pretty pissed off what came to be the story of this match and I know I know Barcelona drives ratings and I know Barcelona has fans everywhere but you know what a good a good portion of their fan base are now PSG fans okay and for ESPN and for Sky and for BBC for the Guardian for Uh, Marca, okay, I also checked out Marca, um, which I expect this a little more from them, being that they're Spanish paper, from, from, you name it, La Gazeta in in Italy, you know, all of the, the publications. It was all about Barcelona collapsing, Barcelona dumpster fire. Most of these media outlets didn't even mention who scored the goals for Benfica. Rafa Silva played himself one of the best games I have ever seen Rafa play in this number 10 role, so to speak, in this more central role, in the central corridor where JJ has kind of slotted him into in these last two games and the difference that that has made in this Benfica team and in the way they attack, in the dynamic attack. Maybe they would talk about the the midfield partnership of Uli and Weigl. And Joe Mario, who have been just impeccable. Maybe they would talk about our back three just completely closing down a striker of the caliber of Memphis Depay. No, they don't talk about any of that. They talk about Ronald Koeman messing it up. They talk about Ronald Koeman getting the sack, or how he must get the sack. And and I have to say this before I get into this match, that I feel for Ronald Koeman. Ronald Koeman should have stayed as the manager of the Netherlands. I think that's evident. There's nothing he nor anyone else could do about this situation at Barcelona. Barcelona's problem is with the board, is with the membership. They're Saucius that elected bad leaders. Ronald Koeman is not the person who's been running the club on credit for a decade. Ronald Koeman is not. The nearsighted president who couldn't see two or three years ago that they needed to sell Lionel Messi at some point. No, no, they kept resigning. They kept keeping him, thinking that he was going to keep solving their problems forever. And now look, he walked for free. You couldn't even register players with him. You could not register him because your books are so bad because Barcelona is run so poorly and they're so arrogant and they think that they know what they're... This couldn't have happened to a nicer club. Maybe to Real Madrid. And I'm happy they lost as well. And Dirk Coit can shove it with his comments uh, saying "A, a club like Medalist don't belong in the Champions League. That elitist point of view that some of these people in football have today is exactly why everyone's rooting against this idea of a super league barcelona's only solution to their problem is that to have a super league so they can have enough money to buy players. no wake up barcelona la masia is, is a well that is dried up we just kicked your you know what at u19 as well between the two matches seven goals for benfica zero for Barcelona. Okay. Barcelona is so poorly run. Okay. They're so poorly run. This was a long time coming. And to disrespect Benfica. And dare I say to disrespect Ronald Koeman. He's not a miracle worker. Look what he had for options on the bench. Look at the performance Gerard Piquet put in. Look at the performance Eric Garcia put in in this match and you're going to blame the manager. I mean, this couldn't happen to a nicer set of fans, couldn't happen to a nicer board. And they just re- they just brought back a president from the past. They had a chance to move forward. And this is where I'm glad Benfica has a chance to go forward, okay? Benfica could be they could be accused of being guilty of the same things, but you know what? As bad as it's gotten at Benfica, imagine <laughs> at least it has not gone like it's going for them. With all of the money and all of the value the collateral this team would have been worth. They ran it into the ground. And how dare the world media, the English language especially media, but the Spanish language media as well. I said Marca, but, but you can include you can include uh, Fox Sports in espanol you can include espn deportes you can include any other spanish language media anywhere in the world that you want the disrespect that has been shown to benfica after this monumental win our first win over barcelona in 60 years and to do it so emphatically and so convincingly it just pisses me off, and I and I wanted to start this off by saying that let's go to the game now. All right, let's go to the match and start with uh, the let's. Um, we're at the Stadio del Luge, as you know. Okay, and the official attendance was twenty nine thousand four hundred fifty four, and the Italian Daniele Orsato was the referee, and he has uh, he he was a consistent referee. I mean, uh, he let he let play go both ways. Um, certainly not what we're used to, in uh, you know, in the Liga Bwin Portugal, Liga Portugal Bwin, but um, he let he let the play go both ways, and I I think he 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 get he did Barcelona and Ronald Koeman a huge favor by not sending off Gerard Piqué. He should have Gerard Piqué should have gone off very early. He did not. Uh, Eric Garcia ends up going off. But this could have been even worse for Barcelona. Now, with that said, I'm not saying Barcelona did not have opportunities to equalize, did not have opportunities to, they should have scored. they should have pulled level in this match at different instances, but they had they just really lack quality in front of goal. You know they, they really are lacking some quality. They, this is a team. this this result. Okay, this is a story of two teams on two completely different trajectories right now. Bifico on the Ascend, okay, we, we felt like we'd hit a rock bottom. Okay, we, last year that third place felt like rock bottom. This team has rolled its sleeves up and dug itself out of that hole this season, found its way into this competition, not to mention started off the league with seven straight wins for the first time ever. Best start in their history, in, in our history, in the league. All right, uh, we had our president taken out in handcuffs this offseason. That didn't affect these players. They came out this season, and they uh, this team. I've I had said one year ago, I talked about how this team just not was not built well. This team is much better built now. Let me tell you, pieces we needed were addressed. For this was one of our best. Summers, in terms of transfers, that I can remember because we got what we needed. Yes, João Mario, Roman Yaremchuk, Um those two guys alone. The resurgence of a Darwin Nunez, okay? Um, we got, you know, Lucas Verissimo last January, the adaptation period for him has come and gone, and he is a absolute stalwart in our back three. We committed to the back three. Benfica committed, and George Zuz committed to this back three, admits the criticism of many fans simply because they're not familiar with it. Simply because it's something new. Simply because some fans, an element of our fan base wants to go back the same way Barcelona wants to go back. They want to play 4-4-2. They want to play like it's 1983. You know, they want to. I'm shocked people aren't calling for a sweeper. I'm shocked there isn't an element of the fan base calling for. Although we actually do play more or less with a sweeper. As Nicolas Otamendi kind of fills that role in this back three, so it's kind of funny. But, you know, there was a certain vocal section of our fan base calling for this. There was a section of our fan base. That did not want to see this back three. They say it's too defensive. I think it's flexible. It can be defensive and it can be attacking. And we're seeing that this year. The team now has months and months of experience playing in it. And it's it's going much better. That's a credit to the manager and to the players. There was a loud, loud element of our fan base that, that wrote off Ulian Weigel. Said he was not a player from Benfica. He lacks the the toughness and he lacks intensity. Our team doesn't sweat enough, I heard from people. We don't run enough. That's the same thing the team on the other side of the pitch is dealing with right now. Except the the difference is those voices are getting their way at Barcelona. And that's why Barcelona lost 3-0. They're trying to play a style of football that in my opinion, died a couple of years ago. They're hanging on to a relic of the 2010s. They're hanging on to a relic of 2006, 2009, 2012. And, you know, there was a coach here in Boston once that coached the Boston Celtics. And he said, (laughs) and I quote, and anyone that follows the NBA, followed the NBA in the 1980s will know these names. Larry Bird isn't walking through that door, this coach said. Robert Parrish isn't walking through that door. Kevin McHale isn't walking through that door. This match is the tale of two teams. And to Barcelona, I say, Lionel Messi ain't coming back. Xavi ain't coming through that door. Iniesta is not coming through that door. Thierry Henry is not coming through that door. How much would this Barcelona team kill for an Enric Larson right now? They're trying to play like they have these guys still. And they're trying to mold. They want this coach to play that way. They want them to to possess. And oh, did they possess. Did they possess in this game? Oh, they possessed. Yes. Possession, possession, possession. That wins game. This is what happens. Befekish this. This is what happens. Let this be a list. This is what happens when you completely ignore... The defensive side of the game. This Barcelona team cannot defend worth a lick. And they don't have Messi to save them anymore. They don't have Iniesta to control the game. They don't have Xavi to set the tempo. You got Sergi Busquets doing his best, but he is way past his prime. Gerard Pique a shell of his former self. He doesn't care. You got poor Serginho Dest playing on the wrong side, first of all. He's a right-footed player, and you got him on the left. He struggles enough on the right. Now you're going to put him on the left. Ter Stegen is, you know, I for me, beaten poorly in that first Darwin Nunez goal. I would expect more of a, a Germany number one keeper. But they're sticking to what <laughs> they're holding so tightly to what they believe is the right way to play football. And I have a newsflash for them. And I want this to be a lesson for us. For Benfiquistas. there's no right or wrong way to play football. There's effective and ineffective ways to play football. And it is all relative to the personnel you have in your team. I have shouted loudly... For this three three back, this back three. I have been one of the biggest, staunchest defenders of this back three. I thought this was exactly what we needed the moment that Lucas Verissimo got off the plane from Brazil, from Santos, landed in Lisbon and put on Umante Sagrado, the, the holy grail. He put on our jersey. This was the only way to do it and people people threw back at me they said no no we got to play back four we got to play 442 442 is in the past okay we cannot hold to past glories in a sense we cannot think that we can take today's players and play yesterday's football okay this team we just throttled at least in, in in the case of a result. Yes, they had opportunities. They played some good football at times. But they value that too much. They value playing good football too much that they don't even have a decent finisher. They value playing good football too much. They want their backs to be so, to focus on passing out of the back that they can't defend. Darwin completely cut them up. They had no answer for Rafa other than to hack him. I think half the team ended up booked. Fouling Rafa in this game. Yadimchuk was an absolute workhorse. In the attacking third. Just playing with his back to goal. Holding the ball. Getting position. These Barcelona defenders didn't want none of that. They didn't want the contact. They want to play pretty. And they want to pass out of the back. They want to play side to side. And side to side. And side to side. Well this may a Backline cut out every, almost every vertical ball that was sent in. How many crosses did Nicolás Otamendi win? How many times did Lucas Veríssimo shut down their attackers? Lateral Esquerdo, the, the website uh, dot pt I believe is the address. I'm, it's it, Sorry, it's www.lateralsquerdo.com. That's W-W-W dot com has an article. It's called on the Luge, I think is, is the, the, the title. You'll find it. it's right on their homepage. It's breaking down and with video the different stops that Lucas Verissimo came up with in this match. He was phenomenal. And Benfica taught Barcelona a lesson in this match. JJ taught Barcelona a lesson in this match because he prepared the team perfectly for this match. I know he has his detractors. There's people that don't like him. But you now have to, at the thir- 13 matches in, you have to say he's doing something right here. He hasn't been perfect by any means. He's made mistakes. I talked about that in, uh, you know, in the last episode when we talked about... The match in the Ukraine. He's had his his mistakes, but I mean he has done a lot right in this one. Let's look at the starting eleven for the for both teams. We'll start with the visitors from Catalonia. We'll start with Barcelona. Mark Andre Terstegan starts in goal. They're back three. Eric Garcia is the right center back. Gerard Piquet, the deep lying center back, and Ronald Arrojo is the left. Uh, the left center back, Sergio Dest, and Sergi Roberto, the wing backs, with Frankie de Jong, Sergio Busquets, and Pedri as the three center midfielders. And Pedri went missing in this match. <laughs> I we saw very little from Pedri, but um, <laughs> we saw even less from their one of their attackers here, Luke de Jong. He was uh, he was completely inconsequential, he was unnoticeable in this match. He partnered with his compatriot, Memphis Depay, in the attack, who worked hard and, and did what he could, but had little to no help in the attack. Befica playing in their 3-4-3. Odie's in goal, of course. Lucas, Nicolas Otamendi, and Superjan Vertongen. What a match for him as well, Superjan. Uh, he was big in this one. Uh, that's the back three. You know the wing backs are Grimaldo on the left and Valentino Lazaro gets the start in this one. Um we know Diogo Gonçalves is injured right now. Um JJ opting for Valentino instead of Gilberto. That one surprised me a little bit because he has trusted Gilberto with some really big assignments this year. And I thought that Lazaro has it didn't have quite enough rhythm and I think he was he was carrying a little bit of a knock in this one as, as we saw that he had to come out. Of course, Ulian Weigel and João Mariu are the midfield tandem. And then in the attack, Rafa playing behind Roman Yaremchuk and Darwin Nunez. Rafa would drift ra- right when 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 it was on and into that right center corridor. Um, when when Roman was not drifting into the right-center corridor, sometimes Roman was drifting into that and opening the middle for, for Rafa and for Darwin to make their runs into. So, JJ going with Darwin and with Rafa to attack vertically, as they say in Portuguese, a profundidade, you know, with depth. And uh, it came in big because, well... As soon as the game started, it seems like almost immediately, almost immediately Barcelona turned the ball over in the middle third. It falls to the feet. Uh, well, it doesn't fall to his feet. He steals it. It, it is it is Julian Vidal with the steal. Okay, and according to the notes here, it said, uh, "Yeah, Vidal takes gets a steal and then he delivers a perfect pass into space." For Darwin to run onto down the left center channel. Darwin gets in behind. He leaves uh, Garcia in his wake. Garcia defends absolutely terribly on this one. He does four or five step overs on the edge of the box. Then takes a big touch. Central. And Garcia can't close it down. Pique's nowhere to be found on the help. That, that's a ball that Pique's got to slide over to help. He's nowhere to be found. And Darwin Nunez, the one that was so criticized just four days early, three days earlier in Guimarães. I read, the, I read the the tweets. Many of you were all over this guy. Yeah, he had a bad game in Guimarães. Guess what? He didn't today. He is a young player. Young players have a lot of ebbs and flows, especially strikers. They have good days and they have bad days. You have to manage that. JJ, intelligent enough. Or just faithful enough to this player that he didn't—he could have pulled him. We'll talk about it later. He could have yanked Darwin Núñez on on the weekend for talking back to him. He didn't. He showed the confidence in him. It paid off in this one. Darwin beats Ter Stegen in near post. I don't. I for me, I think the media is going way too easy on Ter Stegen. I know he's he's shuffling one way and he's got to come back the other, but uh, it took him too long to get down on that one. And Darwin beats him to the near post, like we said. His right hand can't get it, can't keep it out. 1-0 to Benfica. I went absolutely crazy sitting here at my desk, pretending to work, if you will. I saw that, and I started running around this room, screaming as Benfica take the lead. And Weigel, with a beautiful assist, he waits his pass perfectly. And Nunez has the energy and skill to capitalize, Darwin that is, on it. And Barca are behind the eight ball right away. And this is exactly what you have to do to a team like Barcelona, a team that plays that brand of football. You have to get on them early because Barcelona's game is not designed to come from behind. Barcelona's game is all about control. If Barcelona take the lead, you may not get the ball back. I mean, you're going to have a hard time getting the ball back from them. Befica take the lead, and now you don't have to chase. And now all of the nice passing and all of the nice combination play that Barcelona is is capable of is a lot less dangerous because you don't have to chase, you don't have to risk. Um, Two minutes later, Befica nearly double their advantage. Jarimček beats a few Barcelona defenders. Again, woeful defending from Barcelona. Goes for goal from the left side of the box, and Ter Stegen comes up with the save. The eighth minute, the pie reaches the byline, knocks across against Verissimo to earn what he thinks is Barcelona's first corner of the match, but the decision goes Benfica's way, though the ball has the ball rebounded off the Dutchman before going out of play. Barcelona do waste a chance in the tenth minute, and I thought this was going to be an equalizer. Frankie De Jong darts into the box, has a free shot at Flacu but cuts the ball back for for Luke uh, De Jong instead. And that shot gets blocked by, who, who else? Lucas Verissimo. He blocks it. He gets out in front of it. And Benfica survive. Frankie Dion gets on the end of Roberto's, Sergio Roberto's cross um, one minute later. And fires wide right from the six-yard box. Barcelona look keen to make amends on their early concession quickly. And then... In the 12th minute, uh, Gerard Pique picks up a yellow card for impeding the run of Roman Yarimchuk. Keep that in mind. Barcelona start to uh, dwaddle a little bit. And Benfica venture forward in the 14th on the counterattack. This time, Nunez can't burst into the box. And he cuts back and Benfica elect to keep possession instead. Benfica get a a free kick in the 16th minute as Dest pushes over Lazaro. But Benfica can't make the most of it as it is nodded uh, away by uh, Roberto uh, Sergio Roberto and then uh, cleared long and into the arms of Odi Pedri takes aim in the 18th from the bo- uh, for the bo- he aims for the bottom left corner from range um, and he's not too far from finding it. But Vlachodimos has the shot covered anyway, but it goes just wide. But he would have been there to save it. Rafa tugs on Busquets in the 19th, handling, handing Barca a free kick. Uh, Komen's team starting to get more of the ball here. Barcelona starting to gain possession. And this is when Benfica know they have to weather the storm a little bit. And if you're Jorge Zouj and you're João de Deus, his, his number one assistant, okay, and you're the performance anal- analysis coach and you are, you know, the goalkeeping coach even, you are ready for this you know you're not going to control the match for large portions okay You, you accomplish the first thing which was to get an early lead to get up on barcelona before they're settled in barcelona now settled in after 20 minutes starting to get a little bit of of a dominating possession going but again you have the lead you don't have to chase you can play smart and this is where the experience and notice how now it's experience; it's not age, <laughs> in Benfica's back three comes in handy when you have guys like Nic- Nicolas Otamendi, Jan Vertonghen in the back line talking. They're keeping the guys in front of them organized, keeping them calm, and you know you can let Barcelona possess for the rest of the match. If they don't score, they lose. Yaremchuk starts to really raise his work rate here. Okay? So you start to see balls get cleared. Yaremchuk is up front alone a lot of the time. And he starts to hold up play real well. And in the 21st, he holds up the ball and he's pulled from behind by PK. Referee <laughs> closes his eyes essentially. Does not want to send PK off. So doesn't even call it. That could have been it. We'll we'll talk about PK again, but uh PK Really could have gone off on a couple of occasions here. Um, But Benfica matching Barcelona tit for tat here in the first 23 minutes. Pedri has a cross, Pedri, excuse me, um, from the right, but it doesn't work out as Benfica hook it away. And this is another story. When they can't penetrate because Benfica's back five now, you're allowed, you get to play a back five when you're leading. Now you've got Grimaldo and you've got Lazaro dropping more. But they're not just sitting back. They are going up when, when Benfica gets the ball. But they're quickly resetting when we lose the ball. okay? And they're getting in a line of five. And there's no space for Barcelona to, to tiki-taka their way in. So they Memphis has to start to find spaces in between. And what happens is there's just lots of help. you got Weigel in the area. You've got João Mario helping a lot defensively. And Benfica are just getting to the spaces first, despite the high work rate of of Memphis Depay. But whenever they need to clear out, you know, Chuk is finding him. Wherever they're clearing it to, he's reading it and getting there. He's starting to learn the movements of his teammates. He's starting to learn the processes in which Benfica attack and which Benfica defend. And I have to say, the one of the big, big differences from last season... Other than the fact that we lose so mu- so many fewer balls because we now have Romario instead of Terapt, all due respect, okay, we lose a fraction of the balls. Is our forwards are coming through this year? We're getting goals from our goal scorers. We're not getting goals from Peasy, okay. We're getting goals from Rafa. You know he, he's delivering, but. Last year at this point we were we were riding the we were riding the tide of PZ, coming through PZ. is an afterthought right now in this team because the guys in front of them are just playing so well. Um we can fast forward a little bit to the 27th here Frankie De Young finding Memphis Depay again with a fantastic pass and Depay cannons a shot off of a defender for the corner. That defender of course is Lucas Verissimo. De Jong reaches Depay's ball and forces another corner after Depay takes the corner. But on the second time, Benfica, clear. Barcelona flinging a few crosses again. But nothing that that back three cannot handle. They are perfectly positioned. That's why I say the performance analysis coach had Barcelona perfectly scouted. Because every time they delivered a ball. Just about every time they delivered a ball. Benfica were there they had a guy right where the ball goes and barcelona through frustration of not being able to do what they want they have been conditioned honestly to play one way and when that one way isn't on yes they made some combinations and they found it their way through a few times but when they don't capitalize it and with every uh, squandered opportunity in front of goal The doubt starts to set in. This is a team... This game was made a lot more difficult for Barcelona due to the pressure they're under. Simply because they are Barcelona and they have not started the season well. They lost 3-0 in the opening Champions League match. This was a must-win for them as far as they're concerned. Not that every match isn't. But with each match, the pressure is just augmented each, each and every time. They had just beaten Levante at the weekend, so you thought they'd come in a little more relaxed... But they came in too relaxed. And Benfica score early. And now they're they, they are going to the other extreme. And um, in the 31st though. Benfica fans start to whistle a little bit. In displeasure. Which I found a little uh, a little surprising. I honestly expect more intelligence. Out of Benfica Nation. To be honest with you all. Um, understanding that this was going to be a match. Where we weren't going to possess. For, for stretches of it. But they start to whistle in the 31st. Barca's are dominating possession, but they're going to do that. That's, that's not, there, there is, they said it on Canelo, and I think it was Fia, that said it's Fia Oliveira, who many Benfica's don't care for, I think she's a good analyst, Um, I don't have, I don't agree with everything she says, but I think she analyzes matches well, but there is, possessing the game, there is controlling the game, and there is controlling the game, without possession, without the ball, and Benfica were able to do that, um, and still in the 31st, Serginho Des's ball is cleared, is in, cleared, and Nunez Darwin Nunez breaks down the left. The Uruguayan takes a tumble in the box as he tussles with Pique, but the referee is unmoved. I was shot, you know, being used to the Portuguese referees. Okay, being used to that, I'm expecting there to at least be a penalty check from the VAR. It didn't look like it happened. Uh, From what I saw, PK extends his arm and he makes contact with Darwin. Again, I interpret the rule that (laughs) the amount of force is virtually irrelevant if there is an infraction. Daniele Orsati does not agree with me, but Ronald Koeman... Uh, sees the writing on the wall and he knows that he has to get PK off and that was it for, for the captain. That was it and the poor guy and I and I mean that poor Ronald Kuhlman has absolutely no options to bring in for his his what's supposed to be his captain who's playing with his head completely lost completely not in this match um <laughs> it he he has to sub on 17-year-old Gavi, and Pablo uh, Gaivira is his full name. He goes by Gavi, and what he this is really the first detriment to Barcelona's game, and the first thing that played into Benfica's plan and and helped Benfica was the substitution. So Gavi comes into playing midfield, and Frankie de Jong drops to center back, and from that moment forward. Barcelona lost a key link in that midfield. From that moment forward, Frankie de Jong in defense is great news for Benfica. Okay? Uh, that was a guy that was connecting things in the midfield for them. Uh, I, I thought they were going to drop Sergio Roberto there, to be honest. I'm uh, sorry, not Sergio Roberto. I thought they were going to drop Sergio Busquets. He went for He went for uh He went for Frankie de Jong instead. Problem is Nicolas Otamendi goes to the fourth referee, does the VAR signal, and in a maybe a moment of, of lapsed uh, memory, he ends up seeing the yellow card for that. Anytime you ask for the VAR or you ask for a yellow card, you get booked yourself, and that could hurt Benfica down the road. We don't know, but the rest of the half, it is it is Barcelona in control, but again, Benfica able to move a little bit out of their back their back third now their defensive third they're able to gain a little territory and defend a little higher. Now you don't want to defend too high because you know we don't have the pace. But I think Benfica managed that space very well. Forty fifth plus one, Jorge Jesus forced to go to the bench early. Gilberto comes on for the injured um, Valentino Lazaro. That's it for Lazaro. I was. Wondering what was going on with him as uh, he had lost a couple of balls. And he, he seemed to be looking for a penalty. But, uh, again, no call. And when you look at the replay, uh, he was outside the box anyway. So it would not go to a VAR. Um, even if they had gone to the VAR, the foul occurred outside the box. It's halftime. Benfica survived the pressure and going into the locker room. Uh, feeling probably pretty content with themselves. Uh, Benfica have good value for their halftime lead, uh, striking early through Darwin and held, holding their stance ever since. Barca having the bulk of the ball and getting plenty of chances, but everything has been kept in check for the most part, except for a couple of, uh, of opportunities that, you know, again, Lucas who came up big. There was one that was going in that he stretches himself out, you know, sticks out his leg and, and redirects it wide. Uh, Benfica did well defending the set pieces. And right now Barcelona are heading for their third consecutive defeat in the Champions League group stage. And they they haven't lost back-to-back group games in the same season since 2000, 2001. And Ronald Koeman can probably feel this thing getting away from him and he's really helpless because even the substitutions, the substitutes he does go to Really don't bring much to the table, and it, it is kind of disappointing to see some of the names that come in and how little they provide. Uh, Befica start the second half good, and it uh, gets off to a good start, as Otamendi has an ambitious shot from outside the box, saved by Ter Stegen in the 47th. 49th, Sergio Dest, the American, brings down Rafa and uh, down Befica's right. João Mário will swing in the ensuing free kick. Veríssimo heads it just wide to the left of the goal. Veríssimo nearly makes it 2-0. In the 50th, Darwin spurns what looks like a glorious chance to get his second of the game, bursting into the box. And he fires just inches wide of the right-hand post. It turns out to be, though, that Darwin is offside on the play. Anyway, then one of the plays of the match, one of the, you know, uh, memorable matches, uh, memorable plays here. The ball is cleared. Ter Stegen, completely out of his mind. And he, this is what I mean about this Barcelona team. They're just not, they don't seem to be there mentally. Ter Stegen comes way out of his area. I mean, this is 30, 35 meters outside of his goal. And he comes out sliding. Darwin beats him to the ball, touches it to the right. He takes a touch. Almost a perfect touch. It's just slightly too heavy. Darwin, running at full speed, tries to swing his his body around the ball and kick it towards the empty goal. He does well enough to get this shot off, considering the pace he was running at and how off balance he had to be to reach for this ball. As he he sends it from well outside the box towards the empty goal along the ground, and the angle was just slightly too tight for him as the ball goes off of the post he nearly made it 2-0 and from long range it goes off the post and out for a goal kick as uh, Barca are lucky there not to be down 2-0 Barca have lost quite a bit of steam from the first half to the second half Uh, doubt definitely setting in on this team. And when you have a team on the ropes like this and you know you're facing an opponent who is in their own heads and who is under this type of pressure, you have to go at it. Befica start to raise their tempo. They start to command more of the match and they start to really control it a little bit more. 54th minute and Rafa starts just picking off these defenders, if you will. He just starts to get hacked and get book and get players booked it starts with with eric garcia in the 54th as uh garcia picks up the yellow card for a poor challenge on rafa he thrashes his arms in frustration rafa when he is on is a lot to handle and the rafa we have seen in the first 13 matches of this season is the rafa we Paid for all those years ago when we broke a transfer record, a Portuguese transfer record, to bring him in from Braga. Uh, he'd be next to go in the book, though, Rafa, that is, as uh, he slides in and takes out Pedri. The referee books him. 57th minute from that foul, Def- Depay floats the free kick into the box. And Luke De Jong is unable to bundle it over the line. Befica hurriedly clear it, but the offside flag goes up anyways against Arajo, who gets to it first, Ronald Arajo, that is. He gets his head to it first, and uh, he latches it on to Frankie De Jong, and, he's, and he is offside on the play. So even though he couldn't from, from a matter of three or four feet, Uh, redirect that ball into the goal it it, uh, wouldn't have counted anyway he is offside Uh, at, at the hour mark Barca start to regain their composure a little bit Dest skips inside on an attempt to infiltrate the box but guess what Rafa is on hand to help his defenders out Rafa was everywhere in this match game's starting to get sloppy. João Mario holds off Gavi and tempts the youngster into fouling him. João Mario using his, his body well. A minute later, though, Grimaldo goes into the book for sticking his foot out and committing a late challenge on Busquets. The... Remember, Grimaldo comes from La Masia. He is a Barcelona product, former Barcelona B player. That's who we purchased him from all those years ago. Um, I'm sure him and Busquets came across each other at some point in their development in in La Masia. As he takes out his former clubmate there, and he gets the yellow card for his action. Maybe he could start to break up field though. In the 64th, Gilberto reaching the byline knocks the ball off of Araujo for another corner. Joe Marius' corner is flicked on in the box by Yarimchuk. And it falls to Darwin Nunez, who is just not even close for tempting, uh, for testing Ter Stegen. He sends this one way over the bar. 66th minute, and Vlacudimo uh, is is quick off his line to snuff out Depay's run. Uh, Depay gets in behind Benfica's defense, but uh, Odi is there. Barca force a corner down their right as Grimaldo ends up blocking the... Uh, Blocking a shot later from Sergio Roberto uh, from inside the 6-yard box. Benfica continue to hold firm. Ronald Koeman goes to his bench with a triple substitution. And again, uh, I, I, there's just no inspiration in this Barcelona team. Nico Gonzalez will replace Sergio Busquets. Philippe Coutinho will replace Pedri. And Young Ansu Fati, back from injury, will replace Luke de Jong. Here's a spoiler uh, alert. Uh, Coutinho and Ansu Fati do very little in this match. And in the 69th, here we go. It is finally uh, Benfica again starting to work the play out. And Yaremchuk deserves a lot of the credit for this one. Yaremchuk just the work rate in this match was unbelievable from him. It's not the pretty things he does. It's the other things. And one thing he's very good at is combining. And like we said, he's now starting to know his teammates. He's starting to familiarize himself with the movements. He combines beautifully with João A 1-2 inside the box. Joel Mario is in behind. He tries to shoot on goal. Uh, Tersegan makes the initial save, but the rebound falls right to Rafa, who with his, uh, the outside of his right foot, Trivela, into the top corner. Befica take the lead. 2-0, I lose my mind at this po- mo- moment. I go running outside in my yard. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Toba! I'm screaming. Benfica! and I s- slide on my knees across my yard and injure myself in the process. But I don't mind because Mayfica take the lead. 2-0. 20 minutes to play. Barca's heads drop. And, uh... They know they're in serious trouble now. The deluge, the inferno deluge, at half capacity. The amount of noise that these fans made at this point—this was like the Benfica of yesteryear. This was the Noite Europeia, the inferno deluge that we heard about from our parents, that we heard about from our fathers and grandfathers. That we haven't really seen too many times in the new stadium. This was this was just amazing. Fygal goes in the book in the 72nd minute, and George Dezuje makes a couple substitutions here in the 75th. Andre Almeida replaces Grimaldo. That's a good substitution. Andre Almeida fully capable of uh, of playing down the left, and uh, he 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 won a championship as a left back way back when, uh, back in 2000 and I want to say 13, 2014. The first year of, of the, the Tetra, um, Andre Almeida played as a left back for for JJ that whole season. Not a big adjustment for him. He's an experienced player, especially in a 2-0 game. He doesn't have to take any risks, doesn't have to get caught going forward. Adel Tarapta also gets into this one. Yaremchuk's night is done. He has worked hard. He has worked immensely hard. He's replaced by the Morocco International. And this is a situation where I actually like Adele Terapt. Because Benfica, again can afford now to let Terrapt sit higher. They don't need him to help defensively in this situation too much. And if he, he he can take his the risks he likes to take, and maybe he can, you know, play in Darwin or play in Rafa. And give them an opportunity. I thought Rafa was going to be the one coming off. Because he is everywhere. But he's just, I think, too important a piece to take out this early. So it is Yarimchuk who makes way. And in the 77th, just minutes later, the, the cross comes in from the left. And Gilberto gets a diving header. And there's no call originally. Benfica appeals for a penalty. And I don't even think the play ends. I don't even think the ball goes out of play. I think the ball was on someone's foot when the referee blows his whistle he's got he's got the var talking in his ear danieli orsati goes to the monitor he takes a look had this been in south america i love this about the copa libertadores by the way you would have had every barcelona player trying to obstruct his view from the the monitor it is entertaining to watch as they try to talk the referee out of checking the monitor as if you know he hasn't gotten an indication from above um and the replay clearly shows that the American's outstretched arm blocks the the header, and it is a penalty to Benfica in the seventy seventh minute. And it took no time to to see it; no hesitation from the referee. Points to the spot. Tough, tough night for the USA international, Serginho Dest. Um, it's a mighty heavy jersey at Barcelona, and. Um, He's learning lessons, you know, that, that he's going to need to learn. But uh, I thought that he may be found vulnerable in this matchup, and I think Benfica exploited him quite well. Darwin Nunez steps up. I was wondering, PZ's not on the pitch to take this penalty. It's Darwin who steps up. And Darwin Cooley, and with all the confidence in the world, and this says something about a player, like I said, who just a few days ago was struggling, who just a few days ago... Had one of uh, his worst performances in a while. Recovers completely. Steps up. Sends Ter Stegen the wrong way. And he notches his second of the game. And Coleman can feel. He can just feel his days being numbered. And he can feel just. He is helpless. He has no options. Let's be perfectly honest. He has no options. This club is. His club is a mess. Barcelona are a mess. And there's no manager in the world that that is going to fix this without serious time to do so. But if you get in total control... We get some substitutes in the eighty sixth peasy comes on for his buddy Rafa Gonzalo Ramush comes on for Darwin Nunez. Darwin gets an ovation. he goes off on the far side, but he gets to he gets his ovation as he makes his way around the pitch as he is applauded by the appreciative fans. The same fans were criticizing him a little earlier you know a few days earlier, but it's all good. It is all good when you when you score goals in that jersey you it doesn't matter what else you do. In the 87th, one minute later, that would be the it it for Eric Garcia. He'd haul down Gonzalo Ramos with a rugby tackle. And I don't know what he was uh, surprised about. That's going to be a card all day, every day. Um, That's it. He is sent off for his second yellow card. Barcelona will have to finish the match with 10 men just in case they had any, any fight left in them. Uh, Oscar Mingueza will come in for Sergio Roberto, but that will do it. Benfica sees it out 3 0. Benfica receive, uh, Befica, sorry, earn all three points. Barcelona received their second 3 0 thrashing in a row in the Champions League, and Benfica were magnificent from start to finish, according to Mob, holding Barca at bay, and Be- this game just, I mean, it w- I don't want to say it was never in doubt because Barcelona had opportunities to equalize. But as it went on, it became more and more apparent. BeFico were going to get this one done. Historic night at the Stadio de Luz. Let's go to the goal point. As uh, We'll start with the player ratings for Barcelona. Barcelona with an average 5.19 rating. But they did have a 1.4 XG um, so they should have done better. Ter Stegen gets a 4.1. He was not good in this one, like I said. That first goal, I'm pinning on him. Uh, Araujo, 5.9. PK 4.9. Eric Garcia, 4.3. Just abysmal from the back line. The back three were abysmal in this one. Sergino Dest with the game low, 4.2. That's to be expected. When you put a young right-footed kid in as a left wing back, you're asking too much. Uh, Sergi Busquets, 5.8. Frankie de Jong was their best player with 7.1. Sergi Roberto, 4.9. Pedri, 5.8. Memphis, 5.7. And Luke de Jong, 4.9. I've never seen so many fours and fives um, <laughs> from a team, you know, at the level of, of a Barcelona. This is crazy. Um their substitute Scavi gets a 5.0, Nico Gonzalez 5.2, Coutinho 4.8. He was not he was nothing. He wasn't good or bad, he just he wasn't he, it was as if he wasn't even there. Ansu Fati also, you know, tough night for him. He he's coming off an injury, but he just saved the team on the weekend. The hopes were high that he was going to turn things around. It didn't factor. He didn't factor at all. Benfica just had too much Organization, they just knew what they were doing. They had the opponent well. They were well prepared for this one. Um, wherever Barcelona wanted to go, Benfica had a guy there first. And uh, here are Benfica's ratings. They get an average six point two seven rating. Good rating for Benfica. are XG expected goals one point nine. So this game should have been a lot closer if you go by the X point, the expected goals ratio or the, that metric, the XG. Uh, Vlacodimos 5.2 Lazaro 5.4 Verissimo with a very good 7.0 Otamendi a very good 6.8 Vertonghen gets a 5.4 and um, I thought he was a little bit better than that Grimaldo 5.7 I thought he was better than that Romario gets himself a 6.8 Ulian Weigel is the man of the match according to to uh, goal point he gets a 7.5 and an assist of course Rafa, 6.1. He was quite good. I thought he was better than that. I thought Darwin was obviously with two goals better than a 6.8. But he also did do a lot of things wrong. But it doesn't matter when you score two goals. That's another argument they were having on Canalo's after the match. Is even if all he did right was score those two goals and and knock one off the post, that is more than than enough to win this match. So it was a good performance from uh, Darwin Nunez. Yadimchuk 6.7 as well. He put in a good a good night. He was very hardworking, did a lot of stuff off the ball, a lot of stuff that doesn't make it in the stat line. Uh, off the bench, Gilberto's a 5.6, Andre Almeida 5.4, Tarapt 5.0, Pizzi and Gonzalo Ramos uh, not on the pitch long enough for ratings. Uh, again, the man of the match was Ulian Weigel. Weigel, with a 93% pass efficiency in this one, uh, He had an assist. He had two passes for shots. Long passes, okay, vertical long passes. He was six for six. He attempted six, he completed six. Five defensive actions in Barcelona's midfield, four steals, four interceptions. What a monster performance from Ulian Weigel! and it's not something you always notice on the first watch but he was real real good in this one um, stats shots benfica 12 to 8 with the advantage shots shots on goal benfica 6 to 1 again this is why the barcelona model to pl- of play is so flawed if you do not have top top players when they try when they were successful playing this way in their 11 they had four or five of the best eleven players on the planet. That's not the case anymore. And they're unwilling to adapt. They're unwilling to change their their style. They're clinging too, too tightly to this identity. I say Benfica lacks identity sometimes. In the past I've said that. I don't in this match they showed a lot of identity. Barça, too much identity, unwilling to progress, unwilling to to circle back unwilling to change things when they're not working. So Barcelona had an 89% pass efficiency, slightly better than mayfica's 85. That's not so bad. Th- those are good numbers. You're you're hanging with Barcelona at their game at that point. Uh efficiency for the vertical pass 75% to Barcelona, 72 to Benfica. Actions in the uh, defensive actions in the opponent's midfield. Barcelona actually won that cat, that statistic. They had sixteen to ten, and that's a good statistic. That I mean they were pressing, they were trying, but you know they just couldn't do anything effective. Uh, and possession went to Barcelona fifty-eight to forty-two percent. Now there was another stat that 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 Fatma put here, and here is here is some of the tendencies in the match. This is some interesting stuff here. Sergi Busquets to Pedri connected fifteen passes to each other. Serginho Dest to Memphis Depay, 13 passes completed between, or I should say 13 times Sergino Dest passed it to Memphis Depay successfully, 15 times Sergi Busquets passed it to Pedri, 12 times Frankie de Jong passed it to Sergio Busquets, 12 times Eric Garcia found Sergino Dest, 11 times Araujo found Ter Stegen, 7 times, so those were passes back. The most any two players on BeFica combined was Vertonghen and Olimpi the two center backs nine times. Um, again, all these things Barcelona value really get you nothing in the end. Um, Joe Mariu had a ninety four percent pass efficiency. Even he was one percent even better than Weigel. So clearly, when you connect to that many passes. Okay, when your two center midfielders are that efficient, you're going to have a fair share of the ball or you're at least if you don't have the ball, you're in position. What pulls teams out of position is losing the ball, uh, you know, having interceptions. It's different than allowing the opponent to possess, which Benfica at times were forced to, but in the end, you know, Benfica get the victory. Um The table in the group right now, Bayern Munich have the lead, obviously. They have six points. They won yesterday, 5-0 over Dinamo Kiev, which is good news for Benfica because that puts Benfica far ahead of Dinamo Kiev here in goal difference should Dinamo Kiev, you know, make up up points. And they're way ahead of Barcelona as well in goal difference. Uh, Benfica really has to go into these two matches against Bayern Munich and keep them close. Um, Benfica second with four points. They have a plus three goal difference. Three goals for none allowed yet for Benfica. Both Bayern and Benfica yet to concede in this competition. Dinamo Kiev are third with one point. Uh, They yet to score though. They've allowed five. They are minus five. And Barcelona bottom of the group negative six goal difference from two matches they got a long way to climb back up Ronald Coleman said in the post game presser that he fully confident they will win the two games against Dinamo and they expect Bayern to take care of Benfica and they'll be in second place when they face Benfica in in the next matchup um, I think that's a little easier said than done but we we shall see the next uh the next round of UEFA Champions League matches will be in October, I believe it's October 20th, I'm double-checking that one right now. It is October 20th, Benfica host Bayern Munich. Alright, let's take a quick break, and then we will quickly uh, recap, in a very <laughs> quick way, we'll recap uh, Vitória Guimarães Benfica, from the weekend in the Liga Nage. This is Mr. Benfica, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinio. Don't forget, follow the show on Twitter, at Mister. Alright, let's get to 1,000 show followers. We'll be right back i Back you spit you spit That music Back you spit you spit That good chip That you spit you spit you spin, you spin. I hate the music business. The way you a movie's gifted. to switch from being honest to cool and distant, new but not truly different. We got a ruling really misfits, players and jocks, while we playing the part of the coolest bitch. Ain't a high school movie. Had a brace like 2 when the news hit them. Only if you will listen. Cause there ain't nothing new about the facts alive lot So Why don't you sit calm? If the shoe fits on, why don't you kick some? How that good shit that you spit, amusement fun. They get you sick for two spins at music 101. They get it gets fun in the club, I'm done. Unless I go, numb, make my flow dumb, go write a hit song called Fight Over. So many idols come, so many idols go, but in the end, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And welcome to this final segment of an already long episode here of Mr. Bafica. And we now go up north to Guimarães, aqui nasceu Portugal. Here is where Portugal was born in the city of Guimarães. Estadio Dom Afonso Henriques, of course, named after the first king of Portugal, um, as it was the capital of Portugal at that time. And, uh, 14,222 file into the Dom Afonso Henriques. Uh, the majority of them, uh, you know, uh, Vitorianos, uh, Vitoria fans. And, um, Benfica coming in on the back of being perfect through six rounds, the tying their best ever start to a season, which was a season that we've covered that i covered here on this show uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe closer to two years ago. Now I covered it during the, the, the COVID break when there were no games going on. It was the 82, 83 season uh, under Sven Jorin Eriksson when he arrived in Portugal. And, um, again, uh, Benfica going for history here in Guimarães, and they would uh, get it done. Let's take a look at the lineups. We'll start with the home team in this one. We'll start with Vitoria Guimarães, the conquistador. Matuís Tramal is the goalkeeper. Four in the back for Vitoria. It is uh, Sako, Tony Brook, Brovkovic Borakovic excuse me, Abdul Mumin and Rafa Swadish across the back. André André and our former player Alpha Smedu are the double-holding the double holding mids or the double-pivot in midfield with three attacking midfielders in front of them. Tiago Silva in the center. Marcus Edwards, the Englishman to his left, the former Tottenham Hotspur youth product, and Ricardo Quaresma to his right. And um, the striker is the Ecuadorian Oscar Estupiñan. For Benfica, of course, 3-4-3 three, three, as we're growing accustomed to. Odie in goal, as has been all season. The back three is, as you would expect, Lucas Verissimo, Nicolas Otamendi, and Jan Vertonghen, Otamendi, of course, the captain um, in the majority of these matches as uh and Andre Almeida not in the starting lineup. Double pivot in midfield of the double, it's really a, a double center midfield. João Mario partnering with Ullian Weigl, uh Valentino Lazaro, the right wing back, Alex Grimaldo, the left wing back, and then up front, uh, Rafa playing more in the center channel again, or not again, this was actually before the game we just spent an hour talking about, uh, Rafa playing behind Roman Yarimchuk and Darwin Nunez, and it provided Benfica, this was kind of, it looks like now looking back, this was kind of a dress rehearsal, if you will, for the Barcelona match. And I think it, it was a a comfortable win for Befica. And you get worried about, I get worried about Befica when they don't score early. So um, <laughs> sometimes th- those are the games that make me a little bit nervous. But this year, we've had a little bit of everything. We've had games where we score right away, we've had games where we save it to late. Remember precisely the Tondela match. But. If you can nearly go ahead right off the bat, Darwin Nunez with a right footed shot from outside the box, but just a bit too high. Um, again, for Darwin, this was going to be a very tough afternoon. Um, although, when you look at the ratings, it was not nearly as bad as it was received by by so many fans on social media, and social media is becoming so toxic. Not that it's becoming; it is toxic. And I'm going to get into this more when I in the next episode when I talk about the women's team and just the, some of the abuse that has just been dumped on these on on these players. Whether it's the girls, the guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, everybody's a warrior behind behind uh, their Twitter handle, you know, behind their their burner account, and it's 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 really it's really disgusting, but. Darwin really getting some of the abuse after this one. And, you know, it's a, he had a bad game. Yes, again, I've talked about this. He is very green. This is a player that came from the Spanish second division. He's got one season of top flight football under his belt. Or I should say European top flight football under his belt. He's being asked to do a lot in this team. Clearly, the manager has a lot of faith in him. And I think that might be worth some of the... Some of the frustration comes from because there's a, still a good segment of our fan base that's not behind this manager um, I think many are coming around because this is you have to evaluate fairly and the manager is doing a he's doing as he should at the very least he is doing a competent job this season and the quality of the squad is carrying them. But also, like we just said, and it would play in, in into it would play into the match a few nights later against Barcelona. But if you could just look prepared for their opponents this season, they're not just show. Last year, for large stretches of the season, it looked like they were just showing up and, and putting eleven guys on the field, eleven guys on the pitch, and they just play. This year, they look prepared for what's ahead of them. They know what the other team's trying to do. Again. A player in this match who a lot of people are excited about, um, you know, a lot of pundits had him pointed to Alvalade at the summer. Uh, we're talking, of course, about m- the Englishman Marcus Edwards, who's on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I think he showed in this match why he's not at Sporting and why he's not at Spurs. Yes, he is a phenomenal talent, raw talent, but in front of goal, he just really squandered. And once he missed uh his opportunity that he would come across it really got in his head and I he was not the same player again after that. Um is a player with so much pace, so much ability, but it just didn't uh didn't materialize in anything. And again, Befica in complete control. We'll fast forward uh due to time constraints here, we'll fast forward to the twenty ninth minute. And it is none other than the Ukrainian Roman Yadimchuk who gets on a pass. Uh, he gets on the end of a cross from from. Uh, sorry, from Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen picks up the assist here. Super Jan finds Roman Yaremchuk. Yaremchuk then slots a right-footed shot from the center of the box into the bottom right corner. One nil to Benfica, and the Benfica fan section behind the goal, at what I believe was the north end of the stadium, is on its feet cheering. And this relieves all kinds of pressure. This allows Benfica to play our game at this point. And, um, well, Victoria tried to mount a little bit of a comeback here in the 35th. It is one of our old nemesis. It's Ricardo Corezma, Siganu, um, with a right footed shot from the left side of the box, misses right. It's the old Trivella. Uh, he's set up by Rafa Suarez, but it does not, uh, does not trouble, uh, Odi in goal. Ulian Weigel, uh, has a right-footed shot from the outside of the box, blocked by Abdul Mumin in the 37th, leads to a corner. And then another attempt blocked off the corner in the 40th. As Rafa delivers across, uh, Roman Yadimchuk gets a right-footed shot from the center. It's blocked, but it comes back to him. Roman, now with the left-footed shot from the inside of the 6-yard box, and he... Buries it in the bottom left corner. The Ukrainian doubles his tally. Benfica double the lead. 2-0 to Benfica in the 40th minute. And Yadimchuk nearly had a hat-trick three minutes later. But uh, Tramal makes a save in the center of the goal. João Mariu has an effort in the 44th. He's set up by Darwin Nunez. And the shot from outside the box, though, blocked. Falls to Darwin Nunez. Right side of the box with the right footed shot but it's just too high the first half ends Marcus Edwards with his opportunity here in the 47th this is the one I, bl- I believe this is the one I'm talking about right footed shot from the center of the box it's high and wide and from there Marcus Edwards was not the same player anymore and this is why he's still at Peterborough United but he is no doubt a talented player with a future ahead of him still wherever that may be um, he is a player that a lot of teams would be happy to have. Estupiñan, excuse me, is offside in the 48th, trying to get onto a through ball. Um, as danger is averted by the the referee assistance flag. Another attempt for Vitoria in the 51st. Tiago Silva right for the shot from outside the box, too high. Maybe he can start to take control again. Um, Vitoria getting some opportunities here. From like the 45th to like the 60th, Vitoria are getting their share of opportunities. Marcus Edwards again with another opportunity, but this one's blocked by Grimaldo in the 63rd. Uh, Darwin gets a chance a minute later. Right-footed shot from the center of the box blocked. I believe this is when he he uh, was a little bit too selfish here, He, which is funny because people have criticized him since the day he arrived that he's too unselfish. He had he had had Yadim Chuk open. He didn't see him. He was looking to shoot. Uh, every fan and I believe every coach in the staff has been drilling into his head to think to shoot, 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 to try to instill that goal scorer's mentality in Darwin Nunez. Here he makes the wrong decision. But you have to commend it because when he passes that off, he gets criticized. Here he shot it, he didn't it was blocked. Uh, I think George Jesus said something to him that maybe it was misunderstood. I know J.J. explained it in the press presser after the match. I didn't get a chance to hear it, so I'm not sure what the explanation was. He did not pull him. He took. I thought he was coming off after I see an exchange of, of words back and forth between J.J. and Darwin. But it is Chuk who comes off. Peasy comes on, gets himself some burn, gets himself some minutes. Pepa on the other bench there, one of our former players now coaching. Vittorio Guimarães makes a double substitution in the 69th and subs on one of our former Youth Academy products. Roshinha returns from injury after that scary head injury he had about a month ago. Uh, he replaces the legend Ricardo Koreshma. And André Almeida, the other André Almeida, their André Almeida replaces André, André. And another attempt for Marcus Edwards in the 70th, but it is blocked again. It, it is... uh. Otamendi with another monster matchup. And Vertonghen also very good in this one defensively. Finally in the 72nd. Uh, Befica break. And Rafa gets the ball. He takes it into space. Once the defense commits. He slides it to, to his right. João Mariu is there. And João Mariu slots it in. For his second goal in a Benfica kit, His first in the league. And it is 3-0. And João Mario celebrates with the Benfica fans behind the goal. And that is it for João Mario in this one. Um, One minute later, J.J. Ops to give him the rest of the match off. Of course, at this point, with one eye on Barcelona. And Mete will enter the match and replace João Mario. And then Jetson will come on for Julian Weigel. This is a mistake here from J.J. I, and I'm going to praise when he does something well. This is a mistake in my opinion. Um, subbing both central midfielders at the same time is not a good idea. It completely broke up the flow of the team. And for the rest of the match, Benfica were kind of pushed back. Uh, it took some time for, for Jetson and Mate to settle in and to understand their roles, to communicate, to figure out the marking. Uh, I would have taken off Jomardio, left Weigel on another five minutes or so, let Mate get his hold in on the match, and then bring on Jetson, or bring on Jetson for Jomardio. It's probably a more like-for-like switch, and bring Mate on for Weigel a few minutes later, um, just to give make it an easier adjustment, make it easier on the back three, so they they're not, they don't now have two new players in front of them. Um, again, it made some mistakes. Uh, Marking-wise and positionally. Mefica let control of the game get away a little bit. Uh, Ruben Lamedic replaces Marcus Edwards for Vitoria. And Brun Duarte replaces Estupinian. Um That's all in the same substitution break. It's Vitoria for the rest of the way. And in the 77th, it is Brun Duarte um, who converts a penalty. As the penalty was conceded by Lucas Verissimo. Lucas had himself... Uh, Not a very good day. I guess he was saving it for Barcelona because in hindsight, um, all is, is forgiven because he had such a monster performance on Wednesday. But here uh, on Saturday, he was not very good. He had already made a mistake earlier where I thought he had been fouled. Uh, this was the Marcus Edwards opportunity that I spoke of that really, I think, got in Marcus Edwards' head for the rest of the match. Uh, Fast forward about 20 minutes here and Lucas, poorly, he just poorly, he challenges poorly for this one. uh, Leaves himself exposed and allows Bruno Duarte to run basically over his leg and draw the penalty. I'm sorry, not, not, uh, it was Roshinha who drew the penalty in the area. And then Bruno Duarte steps up and he buries it to the center of the goal. Odie dives to one side, but the ball goes through the center. It is 3-1. But Benfica reorganize a little bit after that. They get their they get their bearings back. They get their reorganization and see out the result. Nothing else really to talk about. Benfica win three to one on the road in one of the hardest stadiums to play. This is a match that our rivals have circled, hoping for us to lose points, really believing we can lose points. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a Melita in the mail had had the result been something else. We'll go to the goal point really quickly here. As uh, for Vitoria, they finished with a 5.07 uh, average rating, with an XG of 1.4. Trimal 4.2, Sako 4.8, Borekovic 4.9, Mumin 5.6, Rafa Swatch 6.2. He was their best player. Cuadresma 4.1, an abysmal performance for the. The one-time uh, great player and a long-time nemesis of our club, of course, Tiago Silva, 5.1. Alpha Samid had himself a 5.7. Decent day in the middle of the park. André André 4.6 for the hard-working former Porto midfielder. Marcus Edwards, 5.2. You expect more from him. And Estupinian uh, had a very tough day, 4.6 for him. The uh, back three canceled him out for the most part. Off the bench, Rochinha 4.9, Andre Almeida 5.8, Lamela uh, 5.0, and Bruno Duarte 5.9 for Benfica. They got a 2.5 xG in this one, so they outperformed it again. And this is a this is good. This is a trend. Benfica typically are outperforming their xG in the past when things are bad. Benfica are always underperforming the xG. So, 6.27 is the average rating, Odi's a 5.7, Lazaro 6.4, Verissimo with one of his poorer performances, 5.3, but Otamendi uh, 6.3 was very good, Vertonghen with a 6.9, one of the higher ratings I've seen for him, Grimaldo's a 6.0, Weigel 6.3, João Mario 6.4, Yaremchuk 7.2, Rafa 7.3, and Darwin 6.4. 6.4 that makes the man of the match of course Rafa this was a big day for Rafa he had a one heck of a week uh he had one assist he had uh, five passes that resulted in shots uh one successful cross and he was five he was 4 for 5 on dribbles he attempted five dribbles he he beat the the player four of those five times and he sur- he he suffered four fouls Benfica win the shots, battle 16-3. Shots on goal, 4-3 in favor of Benfica. Actions in the opponent's area, slight edge to our rivals, to Vitória Guimarães, 27-23 on that one. 5-5 in corners, pass efficiency, Benfica slightly better, 84-81%. to uh, Vertical pass, slightly better for Benfica. Not as good as we saw against Barcelona, but it's still a 69% uh, vertical pass rating. Vitória is pretty respectable, 68 point. Uh, sixty-eight percent. Eleven defensive actions in the Vitória midfield for Benfica to nine. Uh, at the other end, Benfica uh, committed twelve fouls. Vitória committed sixteen. Possession went Benfica's way, fifty-four to forty-six. If you just look at the stat line, it looks like a very even match. But it was a very comfortable victory for Benfica outside of the past. The sorry, the last uh, fifteen minutes. It's so a good performance also for Chuk. The league selected him as the man of the match. Of course, he had two goals. Uh, the league is always going to select the guy with two goals as the man uh, for the man of the match. Okay, let's look now at the table in the league. Uh, we'll start, of course, with our ourselves at the top of the table. It is Benfica, seven victories from seven matches, nineteen goals for, four against. 15 goal difference, 21 points. It does not get better than that. Uh, that is as good a start as you can ask for from any team. Uh, Porto right now sits second on goal difference. and I actually think they're sitting second um, due to the head-to-head because they drew 1-1 on the road, so they get the away goal in the head-to-head. Either way, 17 points for Porto, 17 points for they their second and third. Istoril right now is one of the surprises in the league at this point. They are fourth with 14 points, Braga fifth with 12. Sixth is our next oppo- our next opponent, uh, Portimonense, they have 11. Seventh is Boavista. Uh they edge de Ferreira and um both teams on 9 points, Gil Vicente, ninth with 8 points, Vitori Guimarães, 10th with 7. I expect to see them climb the table as the season goes on. Visella, the promoted side, is doing very well for themselves. Both promoted sides playing well right now. Vizela, seven points uh, from, uh, sorry, seven points from seven matches, eleventh place. Twelfth place is Maritimo with six points. Also on six points, Tondela and Moreirense. And the last promoted team sits in fifteenth right now. The team that uh, was promoted via the promotion playoff. It is Roca they have five points from seven matches they are in 15th like we said Santa Clara right now sitting in 16th Uh, I expect to see them start to gain some form as well they have five points right now you they did have that European um, those European matches four of them um, earlier in the season Oh was it four? yeah it was four they played four european matches earlier in the season and um nearly qualified for the uh conference league and they were resting players and they dropped points early on so i expect them to get it right now as we go forward santa clara as i said five points from seven matches beside the bluenith sad right now the team with no home the team with no club the team uh <laughs> With very few, if any, fans. They have four points from seven matches. Uh, They are 17th in the surprising, surprising place right now. It is Fumbly Cohen, 18th. They have been pretty good the last two seasons. Really good two years ago. Last year, still decent. They find themselves in last place with only three points. uh, From three draws and four defeats here through seven matches look at the fixtures coming up it starts on october the 1st starts today if you're listening uh it is maritimo hosting Morenes, and then Family co-hosting vitoria guimaraes in another Minho derby there's a lot of Minho derbies in this uh in this edition of uh, the liga portugal uh, they'll play the late one tonight uh, that will be a 9:15 portuguese standard time uh kickoff then saturday vizela hosts santa clara Porto hosts Passos Ferreira, Roca hosts Sporting on Sunday. Bolognese, Saad, Code City hosts Tondela, Benfica hosts Portimonense Sunday. It's 1 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States, 10 Pacific, making it 6 p.m. or 18 hours in Portugal. At the same time, Estoril will host Gil Vicente, and in the late game, it is Braga hosting Boavista. And that closes out the round. Let's take a look at the leaders right now. The scoring leaders in the league before we go. Luis Diaz of Porto leads with five goals. And then you have a whole lot of players. You have one, two, three, four, five, six players with four goals. They are in no particular order. Andre Luis of Moreirense, Darwin of Benfica, of course. Fran Navarro of Gil Vicente. Uh, Yaremchuk, our Roman Yaremchuk. Gustavo Sawyer of Bovista and Portus Meditaremi, and then a long, long list of guys with three goals. Okay, that, my friends, wraps up this long episode one twenty six. I'll be back in um, in a day or two with episode one twenty seven, talking women's football, and then of course I'll be back at the end of the weekend uh, to recap both the women's match this week uh, Saturday. Saturday, I'll the next. Episode will be solely on the women, okay? It'll be catching everybody up to speed on what they've been doing in women's football. The one after that, 128, um, coming out Monday the latest, will be a recap of the women's match against Amora and the men's match against Portimonense. All right, and I'll talk to you then. This has been Mr. Bankfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Um, you can follow me, like I said, on Twitter, at Benfica Mr., or follow me at Mike Agustino, and follow the show on Twitter, at Benfica Mr., We're on Facebook, too. Just search Mr. Benfica. You'll find it there, and please check out www.mrbenfica.com, and I'll catch you next time here on Mr. Benfica on the PTB Media Network. Have a good week, everybody. Carrega Benfica, força Benfica. Yes, I'm gonna say it. D'am. U38. Hashtag we are Benfica. Hashtag Hipolurubus e Unum. Agora vamos brindar novamente. O sorriso na cara tá sempre presente. O caminho é seguir em frente Esqueço o teu passado e vivo o presente E se for, primeiro toda a gente